All right, Frank Reich's not worried about it, but I'm worried about it. Kenny Moore's sitting OTAs. They're optional. It's not that big a deal. It's not worth getting real worried about unless he sits out the mandatory minicamp. But it's still a detraction, a distraction. It's still silly, and we're going to talk about it. We'll also talk about the Indiana Fever making a coaching uh, change. Pacers Sports and Entertainment doesn't do this very often. Changing coaches in midstream, but the, the fever, they've decided to do that. Carlos Knox taking the reins. The Marquee Network flat sucks. It is, it is bad business for a team to be a part owner in a network that discusses the product that the team provides. It's ridiculous. And the Chicago Cubs have entered that realm, and they're paying the price, and rightly so. And... Uh, Butler loses a uh, an assistant coach, but the University of Evansville gains one. David Raglan becomes the Evansville's head coach, leaving Butler as an assistant to go take that job. He's from Evansville, went to Evansville Harrison, played basketball at the University of Southern Indiana. Good for Raglan. This is Inside Indiana Sports Now with Kent Sterling for Wednesday, May 25th, 2022. Brought to you by the great people at Johnson's Plumbing. Hearing from uh, listeners, viewers, who are saying, hey, we did business with Johnson's Plumbing, and they are absolutely straight wonderful. Give them a call. 765-610-8809. All right, let's talk about sports. Smash that subscribe button. Hit the like button. Ring the bell. Let's go. And if you got a question of an urgent nature, just donate. It pops up in a special graphic right here on my smartphone, and bing, we're talking, just like people. All right, let's talk about Kenny Moore. Kenny Moore, Pro Bowl cornerback, Pro Bowl for the first time this past year. He's a slot corner, but that's not to demean his value. Kenny Moore thinks he should be paid more than he's getting. In 2019, he signed a four-year extension, $33.3 million. He's going to make, uh, has made, roughly an average of $8 million per year during that time. He will become a free agent in 2024 if the Colts don't sign him as a, uh, or to an extension. I, I don't like any of this. And, and I don't like it when it happens to the Colts because the Colts are straight up with their players. They do their best to compensate their players at the level that they deserve. Kenny Moore, listen... Here's who Kenny Moore is. He's a slot corner. He's really good at it. Like I said, he went to the Pro Bowl. However, he ranked 15th, 16th, and 37th over the last three years among cornerbacks. He was in the slot 711 snaps. That's roughly, almost exactly, actually, two-thirds of the snaps. Played a little bit on the defensive line, which is interesting. He also played outside corner, played some box safety, not much, and some free safety. He is a really valuable part of this defense, and the one guy on the back end of that defense you can really count on. He is a really good run defender. This is not to demean anything that he does or that he brings to the Colts. I think he's signed a contract, especially a contract for an undrafted free agent back in 2017 who signed with the Colts, undrafted by the Patriots. Patriots wave him. Colts sign him. All right. You know what? Two years later, they're digging deep into their pocket to keep you here and make you a really wealthy guy. 
$33.3 million is a lot of jack for a slot corner. Made him the highest paid slot corner in the NFL at that time. He does other stuff, like I said. But I like it when people honor their contracts. If you sign a contract, even if conditions change within the period of time kind of bracketed by that contract, in this case through next season, you know what? You honor the contract. Your name's got to mean something on a piece of paper. You don't, you know what? Kenny Moore would have taken every dime that the Colts guaranteed him in this deal had he gotten hurt, and he would have been right to. The Colts take an informed risk every time they sign a player to an extension or to any kind of a contract. They are saying, we believe that you are going to be able to produce at this level in the future, which means no torn ACL, no torn Achilles tendon. You're going to be available, and you're going to be capable, and we're going to pay you for it. The player, what they need to do is honor that deal. It doesn't always work out for the team. It doesn't always work out for the player. But you honor the deal because you signed the deal. And if you're unwilling to do that, what does your name mean on an extension? Why would the Colts sign a player to an extension when the player is leveraging his availability in order to motivate the extension? Why That signature, by virtue of this uh, gun-to-head renegotiation, potentially gun-to-head, if he sits out the mandatory minicamp, sits out training camp, then what do you what do you glean from that? If you're Chris Ballard, if you're Jim Irsay, what I glean from it is that the name of the contract doesn't mean a damn thing to the player. And that requires that I peel back and and respect the fact that this guy is unwilling to negotiate in good faith and enters into deals that later on he wants to renegotiate, and I'm not doing it. If I'm Jim Irsay, I'm not doing it. Kenny Moore can walk. Kenny Moore can sit on his ass until he's ready to play. And when he's ready to play, he better show out because he'll be gone if he doesn't. And it's just that easy, just that quick. You got to stand. Jim Ursay and Chris Ballard need to demand that players negotiate in good faith and that contracts signed by players and the team are adhered to by both the team and the player. And if they are unwilling to do that, ta-ta-ta-tell. This is an optional deal. Kenny Moore has been a terrific Colt, so he's earned a little bit of breadth in this deal, you know, as he's decided not to participate in the OTA that was today. All right, you're not participating. Hopefully, come to your senses and decide that your name on a piece of paper stands for something more than a blot of ink. It's just that simple. Colts, they continue to work out. Heard from Frank Reich today. He and his wife, Jim Ursay, they are donating to the city of Buffalo. I'm sure that they will donate in kind uh, in, to the, the people in Texas who lost loved ones and that community that is going to be reeling for quite some time to come. Uh, Colts always step forward in that way. Jim Ursay is a really, really generous guy in that way, and so is Frank Reich. Frank Reich... Uh, obviously tethered to Buffalo forever as a longtime member of the Buffalo Bills and the author of the greatest comeback in the history of the NFL. Um, again, Kenny Moore, 
a little bit disappointed. I got to tell you the truth. Um, the Indiana Fever today announced that they have fired Marianne Stanley. We don't talk about the Fever because, frankly, the Fever over the last few years has straight up sucked. They've been really, really bad. Fever are one of those teams that they got to be really good to compel our attention. They've had high draft picks again and again and again and again, and yet seem incapable of fielding a competitive team or putting on the court a competitive team. They're two and six this season, so Marianne Stanley, a goner. Marianne Stanley, I got to tell you, and I, I love Tamika Catching, she's wonderful, but the hire of Marianne Stanley was a head scratcher. You, you had in Stephanie White somebody that the media really enjoyed. I mean, when you covered the fever, you covered the fever because you wanted to see Tamika Catchings and you wanted to see Stephanie White. You enjoyed having conversations with them online and offline. They were both wonderful to deal with. Marianne Stanley did not have that kind of charisma. That's fair. I don't know what kind of a basketball coach she was because once she took over, I stopped paying attention. They were losing. There was no reason to pay attention other than to talk to Tamika. And so, but Marion Stanley, gone Carlos Knox. He's going to be the interim coach, which is a great opportunity for Carlos Knox. Good for him. Hopefully the Fever respond. There are only 12 teams in the WNBA. I, you don't need a championship every year, but you should win one about every 12 years. Or you're kind of not doing what's necessary in order to you know, kind of get this marketplace excited. Great time for us not to be excited because they're playing at Indiana Farmers Coliseum and then a little bit later in the year, they're going to move over to Hinkle Fieldhouse, which I believe is now air-conditioned. Or otherwise, that's going to be a sweat box. That's going to be, that, that isn't going to be pleasant at all. you got to watch losing women's basketball and you're sweating your ass off in about 99-degree heat. With, with I mean, it's like a furnace in there, at least when it wasn't air-conditioned. I believe that it's air-conditioned now. But my son used to go to basketball camp at Ankle when it wasn't air-conditioned. And it was, that was something, man. That ceremony with Barry Collier or Thad Mata or whomever running the show, Todd Licklider running the show for that camp, they're handing out awards, and you're just like, whew, I got to get the hell out of here. If I don't get water soon, I'm just going to melt, and, and then I'm going to pass out. Uh, that's how you filled at Hinkle Fieldhouse in the summertime. It wasn't built to hold people in the summertime. It's built to hold people from about November 1st until the middle of March, college basketball season. That's what you do at Hinkle Fieldhouse, and, and that the Fever are going to play there in, in the coming weeks and months periodically. Wow. I hope it's air-conditioned. I hope Barry Collier... As he kind of, I, I think, winds down his days as the athletic director at Butler. I hope he's got that thing filled with refrigerant. The Freon has got to be flowing freely. Marquee Network. I want to talk about these idiots for a minute. The idiots who broadcast Cubs baseball and have all this collar programming. Here's what they did. They've got a show. It's a cheap ripoff. Rip Sports Reporters on TV it was a really cool show back on Channel 11 in Chicago, and then on Sports Channel or whatever that thing was. Bill Jouse and Bill Gleason and Ben Bentley, Rick Tellender, it was a great show. And so they're doing kind of a, a mock version of it, and, and it's cheap and tawdry and amateurish, and it sucks. The production value is awful, as you would expect from the Marquee Network. Regardless, here's what they did. 
They had David Haw and some others talking about Cubs baseball, and David Haw had the temerity to say that Jed Hoyer needs to operate with greater transparency. Like, he will not say that the Cubs are in the middle of a rebuild. You've got to tell people the truth. Anyway, the people at Marquee, as this episode was being taped, they stopped the taping and they say, ah, we, had a, they, we forgot to hit record. We've got to redo the last segment. We would appreciate it if you didn't talk about the transparency that's needed from Jed Hoyer. So they didn't. And the show aired. But nobody, none of the people, or, or at least the majority of the people on the show, they're not affiliated with the Cubs. They're not owned by the Cubs, employed by the Cubs. And so they told the story of this thing stopping and the Cubs production people at Marquee lying about the reason for it. You can't do this. The Cubs, are they that stupid? Are they that obtuse that they don't understand what Harry Carey taught us? Harry Carey was the voice of the fan. Harry Carey did more to promote Cubs baseball and put asses in seats at Wrigley Field than any 10 guys, including Ernie Banks, including Dallas Green, including Ryan Sandberg, including Mark Grace, pick a guy, Sammy Sosa, Harry Carey, as the voice of the fan, was instrumental in engaging the fan base. And the Cubs, what they're doing is saying, no, no, no. Oh, we can't have people disagree with management, Cubs management. You can't call a spade a spade. We can't have honesty here and transparency. We've got to pull the wool over the eyes of Cubs fans or try. We're not that stupid. We're not that dense. So we don't fall for it. And other professional franchises, and there's one in this town that's guilty of it, you can't, every time somebody says something negative about your franchise, you cannot pick up the phone and call management at Emmis and demand that people comply with your wishes for a righteous and pro-franchise tack in discussing the work that you're doing. You can't. It's not what a radio station or TV station should do. It's not what the franchise should require. It is absurd to think that people will stop being fans if they hear negative kind of complaining about what's going on with, with that team. It's absurd. All right. Um, David Ragland, like I said, he's going to become the Evansville head coach, replacing Todd Licklider. That's a good thing for the University of Evansville. Ragland, an Evansville native. I love it when people stay within their kind of geography to make hires. Really good move. Kenny Moore, get back to work, for God's sake. Fans don't like this kind of thing, and the Colts don't like this kind of thing, and they shouldn't. 